This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Oh, the title today is I Love My Church, and this is number one. Amen? So, like I shared, every time, about this time of the year, the fall, we like to do this because we feel this is a good way to start off uh, and, and let people get together with us. So, we're going to talk about, you know, Jesus purchased the church with his very life. It is the only thing that he said he would build. And the term he used means to purchase design, build, and maintain. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you, God, for the opportunity and the privilege to serve you and to serve your house. We thank you, God, today that revelation will come, that people's hearts will be opened, their ears will be able to hear and receive what you have for them this day. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the impartation that is coming this day, and we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name name. All right, so Jesus made no such promise or commitment to any other thing on earth except that he would build his church. The church is his life work, and it's his greatest achievement. You know, when the Bible speaks of the church, it always means of people corporately. That's the church. He did not mean individually. He does not mean buildings or programs. It always meant the community of believers that gather together. That's his church. Do you know we could meet out on the front lawn and that would be God's church because we're a people of believers coming together to worship our God. Amen. So when you say, well, I can't go to church because I don't like the building, I don't like the color of the chairs, it's too hot or it's too cold, then that's your flesh talking. Because when you come to church, you're coming first for God. And then hopefully you're coming to learn and be fed of yourself so you can go out there and make a difference in other people's lives. I hate to tell you this, people, but it's not just about you. When God put us on this earth, it was meant for a purpose and plan to grow his family. And so once you become, quote, a believer, a believer means I've asked Jesus into my life. I've accepted that he died on the cross. I believe he is the Lord of Lord, and I want him to be Lord of my life. But now it's my responsibility to go tell what's been told to me and hopefully to inquire them to come in and to come with me. Amen. So it's about a community of believers who gather. So for our study, we're going to look in a portion of Paul's writings to the church at Ephesus. And Ephesus was a coastal city in Greece that was known for its temple to the goddess Artemis. Now, Paul preached there. This was over in chapter 2. Paul preached there in one of his mission trips, and a church was established. As was the custom, he wrote letters to the leaders of the church which were then read to the entire church. His letters always contained theology, correction, and practical application. Paul's disciple Timothy pastored that church there in Ephesus. Now, over in chapter 2, part of Paul's letter to the church, it said, 
Paul begins the, this portion. He said, now, therefore, he has just established that what? We, the church, are, and these were some of the things that he would share. Saved by grace through faith, not by works. So you can say, well, I do a lot of stuff, but do you know Jesus? You can do a lot of stuff at your job and in your community, but are you doing anything in God's house? See, we're saved by faith, not by our works, by grace through faith. Uh, He taught him about brought near to God through what? The blood of Jesus Christ. People have to be told about the blood that Jesus shed, his blood for you and me. To have peace with God through Christ, that God's word gives us peace and joy and strengthens us. And to have access to God by his spirit. In Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 in the message, it talks about, it said, is that plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you and me, fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone with Christ Jesus as a cornerstone that holds all the parts together. Without Jesus, it will fall apart. We see it taking shape daily, day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. Amen. See, I don't know about you, but see, if Jesus ain't quite at home, it's sure going to be hard for you to make anybody else feel quite at home. So that means we got to come in here with a heart of love and a heart to serve and a heart that says, God, we want you more than anything or anyone else. And we want everyone that walks in that door, no matter where they come from, what they look at, we want them to know your love. And we want them to know that no matter what they're going through, what they're doing or where they've been, that God loves them. And that's what's important. So some of our talking points are we are citizens of the kingdom. We are members of God's family. We are God's house when we gather. Now, did you catch something there a little bit? It talks about we. It didn't say I and me. It didn't just say I, I. You know, it said we. The common thread is we. The church is never me. It is always we, because we believe around here that together we are better. And see, you can't do my job. I can't do yours. You can't do this alone, and neither can I. But it takes all of us. See, and everyone's important, whether you're the pinky, whether you're the thumb, whether you're the toe, whatever it is, God said that together, when we come together as a unit, as a family, we are better and we are stronger. And there's something to be said about when you come under the covering 
of a church that God has called and set you in, now you're under that covering. You're under that grace. You're under that blessing over that from that pastor and from that family. So there's a, that's why it's important for you to be planted. You can't run here and there and to and fro in a different church every week and go, oh, well, I go to church. But are you connected? What good are you to anybody if you're somewhere different every week? You need to be in a house. It's just like your house, okay? If you had a spouse and you showed up once or twice a month and said, oh, hey, I came home to see you. Well, after a while, guess what? They say, don't bother coming home. Because apparently this isn't your home because you're gone more than you're here. Okay, that wasn't part of that, but let's move on. But it's important to be part of a family and get planted. You know, a five-gallon pot will eventually, that plant outgrows that. And if you do not change it, it will become root-bound. And in some cases, it either stunts it or it kills it if it doesn't get planted down into permanent ground. You've got to become permanent somewhere. So the common thread in in all of this is we. So it was never about just me. It was about we. So let's go down just a little bit further. We'll talk about that we are the citizens of the kingdom. Again, when we hear Jesus use the term kingdom of God, you say, well, maybe what is the kingdom of God? Is it a physical or geographical place on earth? When Jesus uses the term, he is speaking of the reign of God, the expression of the authority of the will of God. Listen to this statement by Jesus. If I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. When Jesus cast out a demon or he healed the sick or he opened up the eyes or he touched the lame man to walk or he raised the dead, what he was saying was, this is what life is like when my father is in charge. When my father is at the head, when I believe what my father has said, it said I would do greater works than they, amen, than he. So he's talking about that when my father is in charge, this is what it should look like. This is what life is like when my daddy is in charge. This is how, this is how he intended life to be. He was demonstrating what life is like under the reign of God, under the kingdom of God. Now, believers are in this world, but we're not of this world. Okay, look, you got to live in this world. It's a bad world with a bad devil and a lot of bad stuff. But that doesn't mean we go participate in everything. Okay? But that also doesn't mean you walk around with your head in the ground and act like you don't see or know anything. But it also means you don't walk around with your head up in the cloud that you're greater and better than anybody else. What it means that you walk a life that tells the story of God's goodness and his love. And hopefully your life will attract people and not repel them. Because that's what it was about, is to love God and love his people. But see, we first have to get a revelation of this because it's kind of hard to go tell stuff about something if you're not fully convinced. So you need to get fully convinced of some things. You don't need to quote them a lot of scriptures. You don't need to beat them over the head with the Bible. You need to just go tell them, 
You know what God did for me? That is the greatest, greatest soul-winning tool you could ever use is your life. Now, some say, well, man, I got a lot I could tell him he delivered me from. Some of you might say, well, but I got saved at a young age and always lived in the church. But I guarantee you there's a lot of stuff God delivered you from, saved you from, and helped you with. So nobody has not been helped by God. And most of you, I know we've been saved out of, the, uh, uh, out of uh, death's grip several times because of a powerful, loving God that we cried out to and believed in, and God brought us through. So believers are in the world, but we're not of this world. Our citizenship is in the kingdom of God first. And do you know the kingdom triumphs? Democrat, Republican, Alabama, Auburn, Methodist, Baptist, full gospel, holiness. See, the kingdom of God is first. So what God says trumps all that other stuff first. So I don't care what color you are, what race you are, what church you're in, or what party you think you're part of. What does God say first? That rules over everything and everyone first. If you'll keep that, then all that other stuff will line up and you'll be okay. All right? When you say, well, but we're not going to go there. But let's just keep the kingdom of God first. And remember, that rules and reigns over everything. And what everyone else believes or taught or whatever you think you've done your whole life or whatever they did or whatever they've said, no, what does God's word say first? And if it lines up with that, then that's the way I'm going. Okay? The church is the embassy of the kingdom of God. Now, you know what the functions of an embassy is? Representing the nation, sending in it into all affairs. It's protecting the interests of the sending nation and all its citizens. It's advancing the interest of the sending nation. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, it tells us that we are Christ's ambassadors. So we need to start acting like it. Walking in the kingdom of God. The church is a visible, tangible expression of the kingdom of God. When we come together and assemble ourselves together, under God's covering, we are operating in the expression of the kingdom of God. The church demonstrates the will and the reign of God to the world. That's why the church needs to stand up like never before. Pray like never before. Get all of our opinions out of the way and line them up with the word of God. Regardless of everything else, whether we like somebody or we don't like them, what does God's word say? Because it's our responsibility to go out and show the expression of the kingdom of God. We're supposed to be demonstrating Jesus here with skin on. And we need to start stepping it up a little bit, kicking it up a notch, coming in, get a little more serious about the things of God because there's a lot of people out there that don't know and have not heard and they need somebody with skin on to go tell them. And you know, telling is easy. It's the showing part that gets a little hard. Because, see, we can say a lot of stuff real easy. You can say a lot of stuff on Facebook. But are we really living what we're saying? See, there's a difference between demonstrating something and just saying a thing.
Your life, people are watching. Even that you don't know, people are watching you every day from a distance and close up. Is this God really real? Is this Jesus really real? Can he save me? Can he deliver me? Can he bring me back from broken? Can he help me when I fell away from him? Can he bring me back and still love me? They're watching. The church cares for its own first and foremost, but also for others when it's in their power to help. That's why, see, within the body, See, we help one another through prayer, through loving, through hopefully helping to challenge you. Because how many of you know if you really love somebody, you'll tell them the truth. And if you really love somebody, you want to challenge them to grow. Because how do you know? See, if you don't grow, growing, not growing is not healthy. See, you'll get stagnant. You'll get stinky. You'll become no effect. And guess what? After a while, nothing will grow around you or in you. So we got to be continually growing. How do we grow? We grow in our relationship with God through prayer and reading the word, coming to church, being under a pastor, being with a people, connecting, serving, helping, giving our lives, and being part of small groups and building relationships. That's how we grow. And then we go out and we become better and stronger. But... That's why in the church we help one another in many ways. And sometimes when there's needs, we help. But also that's why as a church we give financially to the local missions here, which is one of them is the Tallapoosa Crisis Center. We give financially. We give a food and clothes and time and energy. And why? Because they help a lot of people pay their bills. They help them when, you know, storms or accidents come through or maybe their house burns down or they can't pay a power bill. You know, they can go there. So we help to support because, see, they reach the whole city, see, where they'll come and contact people that need help outside of the church. So that's some of the ways that we help outside people. And sometimes you personally or individually, you know, God may lay on your heart. You may have a neighbor or a co-worker that you know that's not part of a church and they've gone through something and God will lay on your heart to pray for them or to give something to them, you know, uh, that's outside the church. So there's many ways that people outside the church get help from this church. But first, we want to minister to those that are in the house and part of the church. Amen. That's why we give to other areas that people are going to be touching and being around other people all the time. These are some things that are practical, but it's good for you to know these things. Because, see, a lot of times you just might come in and go, oh, we just come in here and sit and do our little thing and that's all. No. We, have, we support local missions. We help local things. We help schools. We give school supplies. We give out backpacks to local schools when they're in need of things. So there's lots of things that we do that doesn't always affect just the people in the house. They're affecting our community. Just like we reach the nations of the world all over. We have missionaries, we have pastors, we have schools, we put water in into different... There's so many things that we do, that's why that information is out there also for you. But therefore, whenever we have that opportunity, we need to do good to everyone. Okay? Now listen, you'll... We don't want to get off on a lot of stuff, but you'll pray, and God will help and give you wisdom in different areas. But now, listen, that doesn't mean that every time somebody comes up to you and says, I need groceries, I need you to pay my bill, that you do it. 
Okay, because you also do need to pray. And then also, too, when it's the second, the third, and the fourth time, that means you now have become their God. You're not helping them. Now you've become their source. So praying God will help and give you wisdom in that area. You know, we got to teach people how to go help themselves so that then they can go be of help. Amen. Just like we were helped, then we became help, and now we want others to go and help. So God will help you with all of that. Amen. Uh, but especially we want to do good and help and love those in the family of faith and Galatians 6 uh, uh, 10, it talks about church and family. Amen. Now, the church's primary task is the advancement of the kingdom of God, going telling all we can about God. Let your life go tell. Let it go tell. And you say, well, I've probably told some stuff that wasn't too good. That's all right. That was yesterday. What are you going to go tell today? What are you going to go tell tomorrow? Thank God he's a merciful, merciful, loving God that gives us another chance tomorrow to do better. Now, that doesn't just give you the license. Oh, well, I'll just go do that. I'm going to go do that today. Then I'll ask God to forgive me. No, we ask God to help us to do better. And God will put his super on your natural if you cry out for his help. Amen. So our primary task is to advance the kingdom, to go and tell and share our life of what God has done for us and how much God loves them to, for the kingdom and the advancement of the kingdom of God. In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. And who is he going to use? Uh-oh. That's you and me. So don't just sit there and say, well, I'm praying God will go help them and go tell them. No, he told you. Now he's saying you need to go tell. You need to go tell. John 20 and 21, it says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Uh Uh-oh, another revelation. You can't just sit there anymore. No more excuses. Well, I'm not called. Oh, When you gave your heart to Jesus, the call immediately came upon each and every one of our lives. Doesn't necessarily mean you're standing up here or you're singing, you know, or teaching a class. Maybe you're standing at the front door greeting. Maybe you're cleaning the church. Maybe you're ministering to the children. God called us all. God called us all. So then he told them in Mark 16, 15, he said, go. Literally, as you are going into all the world and preach, demonstrate, and declare the good news to everyone. Oh, can't just sit there no more. God's done released it out to you. Now we have a responsibility. You can't play ignorance anymore. Oh, sorry. God said, go. And in your go and demonstrate, tell, bring them back in here. Amen. As Pastor Ron's going to come, you know, I'm going to give you a challenge. Find someone or someones this week and tell them of your love for God and then tell them of the love that God has for them. Tell them maybe a simple thing of what God did for you, how he saved you, healed you, delivered you. Maybe he bought you food before. Paid your power bills. Put gas in your car. Amen. Saved your life. 
Saved you from the pit of hell. Saved you from drug addiction, alcohol, sex abuse, whatever it is. God saved you. Healed you, made you whole, restored you. From being abused mentally, physically, and emotionally, God made you whole. And he's still in the process. But go tell. I challenge you. Go let your life tell the story of God's love. And tell of his goodness. Tell of his restoring power. I'm going to tell you, see, what seems impossible with you, God said, is possible with me. What man cannot do, what no doctor can do, what no bank account can do, what no man or no woman, what no drug or no drink, or what no sex can do, only God can do. Because God's got the power to deliver you and to set you free, to set you on the path of victory, to make you free in all things so that you can have joy and you can have peace, that you can lay your head down at night and have dreams and visions of God telling you who to pray for, showing you faces that you don't even know who they are, but your heart cries out, God, somebody needs me to pray for them. Somebody needs me to love them. Somebody needs me to go set all my stuff aside a minute take some time and go tell them God loves you God wants you in the kingdom he wants you in the family of God come be part of our family doesn't matter what you look like what path of life you came from how rich or how poor God said come because I love you And everything you've been through, I've got better and I've got greater. I can hit the reset button. I can hit the restoration button. I can take wounds that seem so deep and you wanted to take your own life. God said I can bring in a restoration and a will to live and to want to go on for me to tell others what I've done. God is in the restoring business, the renewing, the refreshing, the making over business. You know, remember that movie, Extreme Makeover, was one of the most popular movies. You know why? Because it was just a feel-good people being good to other people, people helping with no agenda. Well, that's what God's people should be like. We love you because God loved me and he wants to love you. I want to tell you of his goodness because he was good to me. I want to love on you and pray for you because somebody did that for me. Go give yourself away this week. I challenge you. Go give yourself away. And listen, you may just be the one planting the seed. They may walk away and you say, well, but they didn't say the prayer or or invited them to church and they didn't come. That's right. You planted the seed out of obedience. Because guess what? Sometimes it takes 8, 10, 12 plantings before anything breaks forth. Then you, it might be somebody else. But I'll tell you, if you're faithful with what God has given you and what he's told you, many a times you pray for somebody and right away, oh my gosh, they're ready to give their heart to the Lord. They get delivered and set free and you're all excited. Don't get all excited and take all the credit because there was many plantings. Before you came and watered at the right time. See, together we do this. Together we do this. But I'm going to tell you, when you get to heaven, see, I don't know about you, 
But if I'm faithful with what God has asked me to do, pray when he tells me to pray. Speak to a person when he tells me to speak. Give when he tells me to give in the house and outside of the house. Love when he says to love. Forgive when he says to forgive. That when I stand in front of my father, I want to hear the words. Well done, my faithful servant. Then I want him to say, turn around and look behind you. Because of your kind words or your generous gift. Or just the hug that you gave them. Turn around. Because all those people's lives were affected because of your obedience and your unselfishness. So don't never take lightly neither what you've said or what you've done. If you did it in obedience, you planted a seed and you will reap a harvest. But go tell, let your life go and give the overflow that God has poured into you. And if you say, well, I don't feel very full, well, then get filled. What are you waiting for? Get in here, fill yourself up. Get on the podcast, listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. Till you're overflowing, then go give it away and get filled up some more and go give it away. Because I'm going to tell you, in your going and in your giving, God said, then I will come upon you. I'll take care of you. See, God will refill you. He'll make sure. That everything you need spiritually and physically and financially will be done unto you. Because you've gone and given it away. Go give the overflow. Because how's the kingdom going to be advanced? If not by you and me. Remember, it's about we. So, Father, I just thank you, God, right now. I want to ask if there's anybody here all everybody's head is bowed and their eyes are closed if you're here today and you've never ever given your heart to jesus never gave your life before never said the prayer maybe today's your day if you'll lift your hand we'll say a prayer with you amen if there's anybody here for the first time that would like to give their heart to jesus all right Well, the next group, Lord, I've been doing a lot of sitting and not much going. There's been a lot about me and not about we, but I want to change that today. I want my life to be a witness and a testimony. I want my life to tell the story. I want my life to make a difference. If you'll raise your hand today, I believe God's going to change some things for you, give you an impartation, and turn some things around in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for these hands right now. Oh, Father, as we reach up to you and cry out and say, God, fill me like never before. Restore me like never before. God, let my life tell the story of your goodness and your love. Let my life go and tell and make a difference. Oh, God, there's many that are out there crying. If you're real, God, send somebody. Let me be that somebody that goes and tells everybody about the Jesus that died for me. And turned my life around and made it anew. I thank you, God, for an empowering upon your people, a revelation and an impartation and a reviving God of your love and the fire that they once knew and felt when they first gave their heart to you. I thank you, God, for a refreshing and a refiring in Jesus' name. And we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for it, Father.
And God, right now, for any that are here, God, that just seem to be stuck, just stuck on where they are in life, they're not sure what to do or where to go for you. Maybe they've been battling thoughts for a long time. Their mind just seems to keep going back and they want to go forward. Maybe there's some that have been battling sickness and disease for a long time, but you know your breakthrough is here. Well, I believe today God has imparted some different seeds, some new seeds, some better seeds. And whatever needs to be pulled up, I declare right now, God, by the very root, every bad seed, every rotted seed, every wrong seed that was planted, God, by unbelief or doubt or by what we were listening to, I declare right now it's been pulled up by the root. I declare, God, healing and wholeness over your people and peace and joy. God, ears to be unstopped to the truth of God's word. Bodies to be restored where there's even been damage to organs. I declare renewing, made brand new in Jesus' name. Heart, lungs, kidneys, liver. Jesus' name. Tissue that has been deteriorated bone on bone, being made new and rebuilt right now with new cartilage. Unclog the arteries that have been clogged in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. Oh, God, we just thank you today that you're a good, good God. Thank you, God, for making us part of the family. And as we do this together for your purpose and your kingdom, we give you all of the glory. God, never let it be about me, but it always be about you. Let us come together as we pursue you in building the kingdom and the advancement of your family, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And if you can agree with that, you say amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.